Believe it or not, it's a town called Flin Flon, exactly in the middle of Canada. Flin Flon is built on solid rock, and one of the first things we noticed were the boxed-in sewer pipes. Above ground, we'd never seen anything like it before. Hey yo, Raphael Saray here for Sewer Box Office Podcast as we're getting set for another chat with members of the local arts community. CC's back, yes, part two of our talk with that folk singing tribiac boy that everybody seems to enjoy. We go through, uh, there's a lot of uh, Dolly Parton talk. There is talk about when he rocked the Whitney Forum in front of a couple of thousand people, experiences with Les Mis, pride here in our community, as well as him partaking in pride festivities elsewhere. My fiance Susan Gunn, taking the majority of the questions for this one, as her and CeCe's are besties from back in the day, so uh, I pop in with various musings throughout, but enjoy CeCe and Susan talking about performing, life, and good times and great memories here on the Sewer Box Office Podcast. as deep as dust but these things change run out of life sometimes he calls to talk mostly he just needs a runner he's waiting for last call and I'm getting tired oh guts and grit it's gonna be a good year Flon has a pride celebration. Do you remember our first pride? Oh my god. Now Flynn Flon is doing this. Like, can you believe this? Yeah, can you so, believe so this? People know you guys did Winnipeg Pride in the 90s. We did. We did Winnipeg Pride in the 90s. I still can't get the smell of hot leather out of my nose. It was not just the women. Woo! Oh yeah. It was, yeah. We did Pride, what was that, like 97? It was. Because I, I, gradu- I graduated in I graduated in 1997. Yeah, so you it and been me. Would have Summer been doing. Yeah. That was my very first Pride experience. Was with you in Winnipeg, nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, that was something. That was fantastic. Just the floats and the music and the people and just the just the people. Like I can't. The, for me, was that your first Pride too? No, I had gone the year before. Before you moved there, I'd gone in ninety-six. So I'd gone the year before with Misty and Bonnie. Misty color, <laughs> misty color, misty, misty. watercolor memories. <laughs> Busty Hudson was involved. Oh God, Busty Hudson. That was that was a whole other thing, but yeah, no, (laughs) yeah, wow. It was so. so, I have photos of that. Do you really? I do. Because somebody was taking black and white pictures. There was. I remember there was. I have some pictures of you and me at our first and second Pride together in Winnipeg, so that would be 1997 and 1998. I don't have a lot of photographs in my box. Well, well, because you know what, though, back in the day, you had to take physical photographs and and actually develop them and have them. And so the fact that we have photographs from these times is, is amazing. They're treasure. They're treasure. They're like relics. You find them when you're looking for other things and you have to stop. You have to pause. You have to sit and you have to look and be like, oh, holy crap. Oh it was eye opening to me. Um, it was. Being, being in uh, downtown Winnipeg. Um, yeah, Osborne Village. Downtown, like... and we were amongst oh. this huge cluster of people who were this all community. supporting 
yeah. equality and, uh, and differences and yeah it was really empowering unlike mm -hmm. i had experienced mm -hmm. yeah and absolutely. then in combination with you and me going out right? to the clubs at night and just exploring oh, you know just mystery. just leaving it out all on a dance floor no it was the, the Celine Dion um, it was the the, 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 the Titanic dance it was the Titanic dance remix that was the one that was big and yeah but it was just it was such a feeling just like once you walked into the the doors of some of those places Geo was happening I left a lot of sweat oh. on the dance floors once you walked into the door of Geo's like happening it was just like you just leave it there like you left it on the oh. dance floor. I had good times in those days. Honey. Oh, such good, good times. Such good times. I don't dance like that anymore. Never. What, really? How could we ever dance like that again? My body would break. I've tried. I've tried to dance like that again. I just, I cannot. Those times of geos and happenings at Club 200. I love those days. I know. Like before the internet, when you had to like go to the club to see who was there. there it was like, you know, honestly, when I look, when I think back on that bar, it was like, it was kind of like a, a recording studio, mm. but it was full of people. And it was. Everyone was dancing under yeah. hot, hot Because it had that big, like, and those glass walls like, with that, like, circular people bar. wanting to get on electric circus. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was dark and heavy yeah. and sweaty and musical. So, now, full circle. Let's come for a cir full circle. I'm going to have to go into the fridge to get another bottle of wine for this one. Okay. Let's go full circle. So... Pride number one. Now let's talk about Flynn Fun Pride. How does it feel to come back to this place full circle after growing up here and and just being able to absolutely you know, literally no but literally dance down Main Street. Yes. Literally dance down Main Street without fear. How does that feel? How does that feel? It's honestly surreal. It is. It's I like, bet. It's like you're I like bet. next to a Catholic priest and an elder raising a rainbow flag in the middle right? of flint Like to, it's just, just to go surreal. from just to go from someplace that just felt so much like it's like, like Sergeant Pe Pepper's Lonely Hearts Ooh. Club Band. It's just a little trippy. I I love it. Mm -hmm. And last year was last year was a pretty cool experience. Um raising that flag for the first time yeah. and being there with it's this powerful. community. Yeah. I'm just ecstatic. Yeah. I want us to be here. I want us to be in a in a world where we can accept all people. I don't want just pride days. I want days of celebration for everybody and I want everybody to feel included in some way but just to have that day here in Flin Flon and to be able to celebrate that that, that community that, that, of people this that community the GLBTTQ community they deserve mm -hmm. to feel included in our community it's time let's make a day it's only a day or two really and I love I love what the pride committee does where they make it about family they make it about the whole entire family. They Everything is family events. You know, everything is family-centric. The girl guides, let's put in a float. Like, you know, the Norva Center. The kids are going to decorate a float. Like, I love how, it's, you know, we're going to have a family dance. It's not just... Well, because of the Pride, maybe the early days of Pride, was very grown-up and in-your-face. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it was... And there was Hello, there was, 1997, yes, right? There, we there, just, there, there was yeah. a certain sense of aggression about, like, here, this is our thing. And I think just everybody's kind of learning it can be just, hey, here, this is our thing. You know? 
Yeah, because it's so much more than just that now. Now it's about what, what what's really going on in families. Because, I mean, like, the reality is, it's like, you know, some kids have two dads. Some kids have two moms. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of different stuff going on. And, like, I know just as myself, you know, in, like, in my occupation as a hairdresser, the, the number of, you know, people I have coming to me who are, like, you know, I'm, like, for example, I'm transgendered. You know, like, I have a lot of transgender people coming and they... You know, it's 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 magical. It's absolutely amazing. It's like I'm gonna help you visualize this 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 the look you have for yourself, and 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 help you realize this. Like you know, for me, for me, almost the pride movement when it comes to like the beauty industry is almost more about like helping people find themselves, right? Helping people find themselves. Like this is the haircut I need to feel like me. This is, this is, and it's tremendous. Like, it's tremendous. I can't believe this is happening in Flint. Never like, underestimate oh. the power of a good haircut. Right? Mm. Exactly. Coco Chanel said, the person who is about to change their, their hair is about to change their life. Yes. Well, it's, it's true. And it is a special thing that last year, our, this, this little community up north with all its history was able to do that. Mm-hmm. I hope it's something. Yeah. I'm. I was on the committee last year, and I'm. I'm not on the committee this year, and I. But I still support the committee, and I hope that it's something that our community can maintain mm-hmm. and keep continues up with. to embrace. Like it becomes a fixture. And I would love to see more youth. I love that this year that there's actually like an increase in the amount of youth that are in involved in this. That to me is really really special. When I was young, I would have been very happy to been involved in anything in something like this yeah so it's cool and um like this whole movement is just unbelievable right all these kids that are just like oh yeah oh we need a lot more movement in this world though. we do we do movement is needed let's move move let's move it move it well she's like like six times a day i'm like a once a week guy Okay, that like not that kind of. Oh, thing. I see. Oh. Yeah. oh my god. Okay. Really, the one time I get the host to show, really, that's what I get <laughs> for my for my co-host. Okay, but anyways, no, we, digress. we digress. Yeah. We digress. No, we digress. We digress. yes, we do. Your artistic future in Flintflon. What's on the horizon? What do you fear? Okay. I. very long dramatic pause I am going to continue to I'm okay 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 I've thought long and hard about this okay okay because when I first moved here I basically did everything that I could if I got an invitation to do a coffee house, I did it. Mm-hmm. If I got an invitation to do a fundraiser, I did it. Mm-hmm. If I got an invitation to be a part of the Flint Flon Art Council, I did it. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved taking advantage of all those experiences. And I've done that for the past five years. Mm-hmm. And in between all that, I've also been able to focus on the album McBain. Yeah. And I got to write, record, and perform McBain and fundraise for it all in a really I, I focused on that project 
If I think looking forward in Flin Flon, I want to continue to be a part of projects that mean something to me, but I mm -hmm. think moving forward, I'm definitely going to be a lot more choosy in particular mm -hmm. about every project or show that I sign on for yes. because there's a part of because my creative of energy, energy yes, that I want to reserve towards yeah. my next writing, recording, mm -hmm. performing project. And it really does take focus. It really does take determination mm -hmm. and it takes time and Absolutely. it takes a dedication it's just energy it's just man you could literally play every weekend if you wanted to and it just takes really, it's, it's and i'm grateful for all the I stuff know, i do in flint it's amazing that it's here but for one person to be a part of that it's like wow that's yeah. that's quite daunting something that's cool is that I have this great opportunity to sometimes play with my band, The Mix, at Hooter. Right. Do a gig like The Hooter, which I didn't even go to when I grew up here. I never set foot no. in there. No, because I only set no. foot in the Hooter once I moved back here six I years ago. I remember we were more we were more comfortable in the Legion than the Hooter. Well, the Legion was the safe. The Legion was amazing. I love. I the played Legion. the Hooter. I played the Legion. I played the Creighton Community Hall. I played the Flin Flon Community Hall. I played Johnny's Social Club. I've played. You've been everywhere. I've been everywhere, man, everywhere. in this town, and I've loved every show. Mm -hmm. I played with the band called Five Easy Pieces when I first moved here, which was Anne Ross, Doug McGregor, Chad Pabianic, and Derek Kemp. We have some you great. We have some great recordings. The night of our first date. What night was that? That was a Chris. That was her Christmas party, so it had been December. Oh gosh, December of like two thousand and. <laughs> 14 maybe? Oh, something yeah because Alain was in a play with us he was doing Harvey Harvey the year of Harvey we did we did a rehearsal I went to the station to produce a hockey game and it was her staff Christmas party and afterwards she took me to the Hooter and you no, sang no she took me to the Hooter well that's a cut and dried sentence that encompasses like about eight paragraphs right like, and, yeah, so and oh also like God. five five easy pieces we never played at the Hooter the five easy the pieces with the mix. It was the mix. It was the mix. It was the okay. Because yeah. oh, yeah. we kept making fun of Dave Gunn because he had his glasses on his head and we kept saying, where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? Dave Gunn, yes, the mix is another band I play in. And that's, that's you're right, Dave Gunn, Rugged Heinemann, Beaner Deans, Stacey Heinemann. I love, and Mark, and Mark Holt, Holt, of course, yeah. And I love playing with them. We, I've been playing with them quite a few years and a lot of the gigs i do with that band are at the hooter and at the legion and we've even done a lot of private parties and i love playing with those guys and stacy we play a lot of just good old mm -hmm. rock and roll it's mm -hmm. stuff that you could this sing stuff in everybody your sleep. likes well, and you want to dance to and sing along yeah. to and i love yeah, that it, it brings everybody together as a group those kinds of songs but those you know, kinds of songs, when you play them as a band, you know, the audience hears them and they're like, you know, yeah, we like this one. Like, yeah. yeah, the the rule of that band is if it doesn't make people dance, we're not playing it. So I've sometimes recommended some songs. I've even, I was even like, can we play physical? Yeah, why not? We tried it like three or four times rehearsal-wise, and I'm just sorry. It just did not work for me. It didn't work for the band. I wanted physical to work, but like... Mm -hmm. It just didn't. It just didn't. You accept the defeat, 
and you move on to Brown Eyed Girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right, you find what works. You're about at the end of the day. So this might sound like sort of an existential question, but like on that note, after all that's been said and done and all this history of you coming from this place and your journey and everything that you've experienced and and everything that's brought you back to this place, what are your hopes for Flin Flon? Like artistically, like as people, like, you know, just as as a person who just like, you know, cares about people, like what are your hopes for this town? Well, honest, honestly, I do hope, I do hope the best for Flim Flon. I love this community. It is. It's a beautiful community. It's got a lot of rich history. Yes. There's a lot Absolutely. of people here who stays in so many wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things to share and pass mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I hope for Flim Flon that we can just continue, just continue to prevail and put ourselves out there and even despite maybe any obstacles that come our way mm-hmm. in this community yeah. in I'm any sure way we're bigger. we're bigger than those that we can yeah we're like share we're like cockroaches we we're can survive what is exactly like share we just keep rising out of the ashes decade after decade we will have we will yeah. not we might have 10 farewell tours right? we're flin flon that's right. Doesn't Both matter. Married Tom Creighton in 1919. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're not retiring any. We're gonna put him to put on a sequin jumpsuit and we're gonna go out there and we're just gonna give it our all. He was born in the trap. Tra- 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 <laughs> shit! <laughs> I wasted that one. She was born. In the- uh, shit. We're gonna have to try that one after a little bit less one. But um, so okay, I had one more question for you. And I don't, I'm just Just gonna, one? I, I, I just, um, just one? Well, because we ask about, um... I'm going to have to spill a little more wine for uh, this. I have one more question before you do the three questions. Well, no, this isn't the three questions. Okay, no, and I have one we're more, not done yet. I have when one talk, more question. When we talked with Craig, and Craig talked about this past year's homecoming, and we talked with Brent, he talked about, like, the first homecoming they did in the 2000s. Uh, talk a little bit about the, the homecoming from a couple of years back. 2,000 people, roughly, and just as, because we were there, uh, you really shredded it. I thought you were really You were, um, you were amazing, but you couldn't hear yourself you thinking You really there. on that night. It was an amazing experience. Like, I'm just asking, like, being in front of there, like, that was like, it's like, I'm a real life rock star. I am playing a full hockey arena. This must, that must have been some sort of a, like, exist, like, when you're really playing really good, you can almost, like, see yourself in the crowd watching you watch back and stuff. Is that kind of what you felt on that night? Wow. No. No? Okay. <laughs> no, that's really cool to hear you describe it that way. I can remember every performance I've ever done and to some degree. I remember being up on that stage and how packed the Whitney Forum was. Mm. You can how... hear yourself. Couldn't dance because there was just... It no. was like, it was like that scene in Titanic, back to Titanic again. Right? Where everybody was, like, drowning. And it was like, bah, it was so loud with people screaming, you couldn't hear yourself talk. It was like, just like that scene. It was just, it was... It was incredible. It was I, unreal. I had, a, was I had a great time with the group, with the band, and with... I had a great time. I've never experienced anything like that before or since. No matter how intimate the audience at Johnny Social Club is, that night at the Whitney Forum with that crowd, Homecoming, was, like... It kind of took your breath of the breath away. Yeah, kinda like took your took my breath away. Yeah. And I had to sing through that. 
but it was really cool and i hope there's more like more to come like that i hope we can do that again here because there is the difference between like a johnny show and then like a community hall show and then there's the whitney, the, the forum. whitney forum show with you guys know that because you've done radio shows at Johnny Social yeah. Club, you know that at Johnny Social Club, you could hear a pin drop yeah. because people in the audience are listening on the edge of their seats. They want to hear your breath. They want to hear everything. The audience is they, invested. Music, kind of theater, yeah. what have you. They're the there audience to hear is there to on. hear you. They're invested. Whereas if I'm at the Hooter or if I'm at the Whitney Forum, you know... Or the Legion. Yeah. The You're playing for uh, the rotary wheel. Yeah. You're playing for a party. People are just, they want to have a good time and just, yeah. you play through it. But there's nothing like playing at Johnny's Social Club. Johnny's, there's nothing. Right? Oh, Johnny's. Being it's able so to play magical. there with those friends. It really and like, is. it's the next best thing to make sweet, sweet love. <laughs> It's but but it's like it's like this almost like this private club that isn't private but it is private but if you you know what I mean it's like, exclusive for everyone I kind of feel like exclusive for everyone yes I feel like I'm in is, my living room and the people that yes. are in the audience are my friends sitting on my couch you yes. all just happen to fit on my couch because the people that come to Johnny's there's there's not there really isn't one of them that you wouldn't invite into your house because we're such a close knit kind of group of people that are coming off to watch these things you guys are frequent goers something i, I date nights. <laughs> something i is is that something you guys kind of did at the beginning even of your relationship because i remember you, you know you guys are very well you're regulars yeah. i love seeing you there yeah well definitely because johnny's you know because with johnny's the thing is is the people who are there or nine times out of ten, they're your friends. They're people who are like you know who they are. They're and if we want to go to like a bar, the band will start at like eleven and go till two. Johnny's will start at seven and you're done by nine. If you want to do stuff after, you can. And if you don't, you don't have exactly. to. Exactly, it's a different. You game. know yeah. exactly. It's a whole other thing. Like, do you want to go to Johnny's and watch? You know, like. For example, you know, you want to watch Joanna sing, you know, like 10 Little Ditties and, you know, 50s Bebop and it sounds fantastic and you love and it. Then and then let's do Pink Floyd nights. Right? <laughs> like it's, it's, there's, for John, at Johnny's there's something beautiful for everyone. For everyone. And yeah, that's, a, it's a magical place. It really is. Like, oh my God. I remember man. going to buy cigarettes for my mom at Johnny's. She'd write us a letter and she'd say, you know, on Sunday morning, please allow my children to buy it. Package of cameo cigarettes. Fired up. <laughs> I remember, I remember um, on Whitney Street, which is just like right around Johnny's. My best friend Char, like Ross, as a child, yes. lived on that street, and I used to sleep over that place. And we would go get, we'd get like five dollars cash, and we'd be allowed to be able to walk down to Johnny's Confectionery. Mm -hmm. To rent a movie on VHS. Yes, on VHS. And maybe a bag of chips. Those were the days. Do kids do that anymore? Well, uh, movies are still uh, a thing. I guess they'll always be... They are, but... There will always be, let's go out and do something. That's why I think movies will always be something, and... We try to boot the girls out as much as we can to go, you know, knock on their Do you guys take them to the drive-in? 
Yes, we have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The drive-in, like... That's sweet. Well, because we, they're also, uh, because they're her children, they're very eclectic children, and it'll be like, I want to watch Austin Powers. I want to watch Logan's Run. Yes. <laughs> oh, amen. Oh, my God. Scarlet is, like, a seriously a 70s sci-fi freak. Seriously, like, Logan's Run. Old Star Trek. Um, we can just sit and just watch old hours Star of Trek, Old Star Trek, like Soylent like, Green, like, oh, it's Fair Fawcett, Fair Fawcett, and Logan's Run. Right? She's like, I want to be that secretary with her fair hair, with her feathers like this. I'm like, that's that. fair Fawcett. Your children are brought up I know. right. They're just, I know. They're brought up right. I love that. I know. I oh, love you guys, that. I think three quarters of this shit is going to have to be cut off. But I mean, it's great. <laughs> Keep asking me. Well, this is... I, I do the three questions, but I've also done this. Uh, so is there a performance that you've had that has been... I say they're kind of these performances you had that you are... It, it's based on when Lawrence Olivier did Hamlet. It was apparently the greatest Hamlet ever. And, and the director went back into the dressing room and saw him weeping. I was like, why are you weeping? That was the greatest Hamlet ever. It's like, because I don't know how I did it. Because there was oh just God. magic in the air. Have you ever had these sort of magical performances where you don't know what you did or how you did it, but it was just sort of one of these things? Or is that something you chase? Or is that just something, maybe that's just a myth that performers that ties into want my to question. Okay, but you answer your question first because that ties into my question. That's a really beautiful question. I would say I'm still chasing. I've had some really beautiful times and I'm... I'm grateful for every one of the kind of like creative experiences I've had. So I even say that like live performance. So from the the gigs I did from the very bottom of my abilities it in Ottawa. It feels like every time you're was, very personal with your audience. So at each time it would just be like. I try, I try to give my best. Connected. But I mean from yeah. my early days in Ottawa where I knew three chords on my guitar and I tried to play live to auditioning for Les Mis where I knew the part I wanted was I wanted to be I wanted to be that character mm -hmm. and I wanted that was the only thing I was willing to like maybe give my time to Marius and I loved I loved being him with all of you guys and um that was a magical show. That was just... To me. That was the first show that when I came to town, that was the first show I worked on when I came back to Flin Flon. It was lame as it was like... I'd never experienced such a tight run ship. Like, I mean, I have I have imagination and I have... I have mm -hmm. I can make projects come to fruition. Mm -hmm. But what I loved about lame is was how it was run... Anne, Ho Anne Hodges. Yes. Oh, yeah. The experiences oh, we yeah. got with Anne Hodges where you knew those emails you got with the schedule and That's be how there. That's going to be. And yeah. I love that. And, exactly. yeah, and it was, yes. Mm -hmm. I love it. We were treated like professionals. We were respected as professionals. You came. And that was expected of us to perform as professionals. And like the thing was with me coming from my theater background, I expected nothing less. And so I was like, well, of course we're, you know, doing notes. Of course we're like. I've never Of course everybody's rehearsing for 12 hours a day. Of course we are. Like. I had never experienced. Oh, yeah. As a creative being in my Ottawa that days, intensity. In my that, but it see was that was the kind of intensity beautiful. that I experienced in university. Like when you get into your production, like okay, 
Like, that's it. Like, you're giving up, like, at least half of your day. I loved of it. Of your life. Like, I loved to, it. To and then, like, part let's of do this, this thing. Let's have a full-fledged barricade built, and let's bring in, you know, thousands of dollars worth of lighting and everything. Okay, but that brings in, okay, but that brings in my oh, question. Okay. I have a yeah, question. That brings yeah, in my question here. Talk so, to me. No pun intended. But, I am curious about, what about, what about straight acting? No music, no songs, like just acting. Like just getting up there and just like, just acting. Would you be down for that? Like, would you want to get up there and just, as a performer, just act? And I'm just not an actor. Sing? You're not an actor, you're a singer, hey. I can ham it up. But. I can be a goof, but no. But at the end of the day. I'm a singer. I'm an artist. I love to write. I love to play with a band. I'm not interested in theater as much as I because am. Because all your parts have been music centric, right? And all these things—they've all been music centric. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's opened the door for me to kind of spread those other wings that take more than just singing a song. You have to like emulate and be an actor and like interact with another character. That's been a really cool experience, but that's not my passion mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I want to write a song, and I want to be with a band, and I want to compose the song, and I want to like be with them, and I want to present that. That's my biggest passion. Everything else is confetti. Mm-hmm. And I do it because it's what's available, and mm-hmm. it's what's... And it's fun. And it's fun. And it's fun. And- there you go, part two of our chat with C.C. Trubiak. We are going to have a part three because it was uh, quite a, a boozy-filled night when C.C. filled our podcast studios, so be listening in for that. We've also got upcoming stuff, another chat with uh, Trevor Gordon Sitnik as he talks about when he returned from the Middle East and how he made his way into our community and what he thinks about our humble town. Plus, remember to check out the archives, Amazing Talks with Jennifer Hansen. Brent Lethbridge, Susan Lethbridge, Mark and Crystal Colt, Noel Drimmy, Natalie Milligan, Tom and Beth Heine. It goes on and on and on. So quit your job and just download. And remember to listen right through because we get a little bit of monies every time you click on Enjoy Our Program. I also got a wrestling podcast, if that's your thing, called Slamatoba, as we talk about the history and kind of the world of according to wrestling in northern Manitoba. We've got some really cool and fun guests for that. So keep an eye out on everything going on with Sewer Box Office and Slamatoba. Amitoba, Raphael Saray saying, in the meantime, in between time, he'll always be the taller, prettier one, and I'm proud of you. Good night and good podcasting.